we did it again, fight fans. That was absolutely incredible. If you've slept since the main event, I don't know how you did it. My heart rate is at a dangerous and uncomfortable level as I record this just hours after the event wrapped up. It was one of the biggest fights on paper in the history of the sport, and even though it might not have been as hyped as Islam had wanted, it certainly delivered in spades. An all-time great title fight, the best all-time super fight, so many questions left unanswered after the final horn, the best movies leave you wanting sequels or at least the most profitable ones, and boy oh boy do we have a hook for a rematch, because the status of the pound-for-pound king is still in dispute in the eyes of many despite the final outcome. Let's dive right into the hottest argument in the whole sport right now. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point, and I'm wondering if Volk is still pound-for-pound number one. Before we answer that question, though, let's run down 284 so we're all aware of what happened in case you missed it. Islam Makachev inched out a UD victory over Alexander Volkanovsky in an instant classic to retain the lightweight title. Yair Rodriguez earned interim featherweight gold with a second-round triangle of Josh Emmett. Jack Della Maddalena put away Randy Brown in under three minutes. Justin Taffa walk-off KO'd Parker Porter. Hunto would be proud. And Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menafield surprisingly fought to a majority draw. The prelims had some decent action here and there, but didn't really really light my fire too much, to be honest. That's okay, though. The main event more than made up for that. All right, so now that we know what happened, let's do some math and run those numbers. UFC 284 saw 13 fights with two KO TKOs, four subs, seven decisions, for a total cage time of two hours, 21 minutes, 23 seconds. The event marked just the second time the UFC has ever been to Perth. The first was UFC 221, and Volk was on the prelims. How about that? The fallout on the betting side of things, three dogs, nine faves, one pick'em. Yair via second round sub was plus 4,000. Man, I wish I had a time machine. Props to Michael Carroll on Twitter for this stat about Volk's average significant strike rate versus the rate against Islam much lower. That was still enough to land the most significant strikes absorbed by Makachev in any fight in his career, though. Islam's control time of 737 is by far the most Alex has ever had to deal with in any of his bouts, and the four takedowns were the most on the grade as well. What I'm trying to say is that the stats went both ways in a lot of ways in this title fight. Wonder why it's so in dispute. Yair Rodriguez and Jack Della got their first ever US UFC submission wins, earning them both our Blue Belt Award. They're moving up in the ranks. I know Jack's a brown belt, but let's have some fun. Speaking of, fun Justin Taffa fact, he's never won a fight in his MMA career that wasn't a knockout, earning him our Swing Away Merrill Award. And Alonzo Minifield becomes only the third fighter in UFC history to score two or more knockdowns in a fight that went to a draw. But the stats are largely just for fun. Let's talk about what really happened. Okay, so the big question. Is Volk still the number one pound-for-pound fighter in the world? The answer, as you can imagine is complicated and will likely be disputed, but let's talk it over anyway. Who would have thought that that would still be a question when we hopped into this thing however many months ago this got announced? I figured we'd get a definitive answer either way by the end, and let's all be honest with ourselves, most assumed that Islam was going to run right through the Aussie champ, truly Habib reborn. But that is not what we got. We got a very competitive fight. We got an instant classic bound for the Hall of Fame. And maybe it was the crowd, which by the way, one of the loudest and most awesome crowds I have ever seen scene, and I'm an old man who's watched way too much MMA. There were 14,000 people there. That is not a lot. It's really not, but they were incredible. The crowd from Brazil last pay-per-view should be even more ashamed of themselves in retrospect after last night. Perth, you are a number one. But back to my point, maybe it was the crowd reaction. Maybe it was the fact that we didn't expect Alex to be able to do what he did during that fight. Maybe it was all the discussion on social media immediately afterwards about how the decision on the cards wasn't correct. That got us feeling like maybe Alex 
Brooks is still number one pound for pound. Now, the counter-argument to that would be, of course, that he lost. How can you still be number one to the number two guy if the number two guy beat you? Well, as we said, it was a bit in dispute. But then, of course, there's the whole idea behind a pound-for-pound ranking. Volk was the smaller guy, so in theory, had they been of equal size, perhaps Islam would have had even more trouble than he did. Perhaps those few more pounds would have meant the knockdown in the fifth turned into a knockout. Meaning, if all things were equal, Alex is the better fighter. He also had the bigger moments in the fight, ones that really made it feel like he was winning. Now, I'm not about to argue the score. I can't even imagine trying to score that fight. My heart was near maxed out the whole time, so we won't get into the finer details. But he did finish the strongest, and so it did feel like Volk won on the schoolyard scale, or even pride rules. That said, if we're really getting into the what-if-this-was-real-life scoring, well, there's no rounds in real life and no clock to say Islam has to get off Volk's back. Then there's also their bodies of work, and Alex's speaks for itself in that regard, far more so than Islam. I think it's a debatable topic, just like the fight itself. So hey, maybe this time it's not Highlander. Maybe this time there doesn't have to be only one. Full disclosure, some of the staff were leaning towards Alex, and I totally get that. I was also leaning towards Islam. But maybe if it's this in dispute, they're both tied for the pound-for-pound best. I know that's not what you want to hear, and I know there's a lot of negativity about Islam's performance, but that was mainly because we assumed we would get even more from him. But he still, at the end of the day, defeated arguably the best fighter in the world right now. And so he certainly deserves the credit for that performance. Either way, it's still in dispute no matter what that ranking says come Monday. But if they were both number one, how much sweeter would that rematch be? Speaking of what's next, what are we going to do with these two guys? There are clear contender choices in both weight classes, Yair at 145 and Benil Dariush at 155. Side note, how incredible did El Pantera look last night? A fucking sub. Who saw that coming? Between his over-delivery and the loss to Max and this performance, the dude is the dude. He should definitely be getting the title shot. I think both of those challengers would be very competitive and talk about boosting the pound-for-pound rematch. If Volk and Islam burn right through Yair and Benil, the second fight is going to be even bigger. That said, though, maybe we should not tempt the MMA gods. We have seen this happen way too many times. Hello, Chuck and Vandy. Hello, Fedor Randy. Hello, Holm Rousey 2. Maybe the best bet is to hold off on these two very clear contenders for the sake of the sport. It is so rare to have the two best fighters in the world in their prime competing. Why not give the sport what it deserves, and then we can deal with the fallout after that? Sure, we might lose a great contender fight, but we wouldn't lose one of the biggest rematches in MMA history. Don't fuck this one up, guys. Alright, it's time to wrap up this 284 talk and send you all home happy. A topic for discussion in the comments should definitely be whether Jack Della is the new Hamzat at 170. We haven't seen a ton of him on the ground, it's true. But look, he popped right back up against Ramazan. That guy is an international master of sports and combat sambo. Four first round finishes in the UFC. Randy Brown was his biggest test and he absolutely crushed it. The makings of a star if I do say so myself, but maybe I'm just all aboard the hype train. Let me know down below. And speaking of all this pound for pound business, what's going to happen next month if JBJ destroys Gon? If he just decimates him, makes it look easy. No Nganu, true. Gone three years, yes, but GOAT status possibly, and writers might throw him right back to the top. Hard to see it happening after what we witnessed this weekend, but you just never know. I know this video is about 284, but since we're chatting pound for pound, I figured I'd throw that one out there since the former king has returned. Simba and all that shit, you know? Let's just see how he looks at heavyweight. I hope that card delivers because man, 284 did. Worth every moment watching prior to the main event, we finally got one of those big feel shows this year, and there appears to be a bunch more more on the horizon, it is a good time to be a fight fan. Alright, so you gotta let me know, who is the P4P number one? I'm sure many of you have already written a comment before you even watched the video, and you know what, that's totally cool, that's awesome. A massive thanks to my partner in crime, the best editor in the world,
throw pound for pound Max Randall. Without him, you would not be getting these videos so quickly, so please show him some love on his socials. Like and subscribe for a whole bunch more of this type of post-pay-per-view content after all the big cards. And thanks for making another autopsy awesome. We'll see you guys for the next one. Peace.